0: Good morning. So my name is Shaza, like he said. I'm the youth pastor here at The Way. Um, I have the honor and privilege of getting to speak on the very first service of 2022 while Pastor Tim and Teresa and Pastor Brady and Lacey are on a much-earned vacation. Um, So I'm really excited about this. And so, like I said, I'm the youth pastor. I got to ring in the new year with some of our students at my house. We, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to do an all-nighter and stay up till 7.30 in the morning, despite Ted and Amy warning me <laughs> that it was a bad idea. And it was all great, like fun and games until like 5.30 hits, and then everyone hates everything, and everyone, and we're like, this was a dumb idea, why did we do this? And then I slept a few hours and woke up and was like, that was awesome, I would do it again. <laughs> and So it's kind of like, I guess like having a baby, <laughs> like, the be- like you only remember the good parts, but... So you guys are gonna have to bear with me because what I'm realizing is the older that I've gotten, I don't recover as quickly (laughs) from these things. And so I can hang all night, but I'm still a little bit sleep deprived from thinking I'm young enough to stay up till 7.30 in the morning. And I did it like multiple nights this week. I had other stuff going on too. but all that to say is we had a, I mean, we had a mostly great time <laughs> at the lock-in. Um, but one of the things we did with the students, so that we actually, I have a tradition that I've done with my family for years. We've done it with our kids where we pop like a balloon every hour until midnight. And each balloon has like a fun activity that we'll do. And so it could be like silly stuff. Like we played like, um, I think it was like capture the flag in the dark. We did like movies on projectors and things like that. And so this year we asked our kids if they minded us inviting the youth group to do it with us. But every year we always make it a point, I think it's the 11 o'clock balloon, we make it a point to spend some time, we take communion, we pray and we worship to kind of bring in the new year, like close a chapter, open up the next chapter. And so we did that with our students. And in addition to communion, one of the things that I had asked them all to do is we gave them note cards and we had them on one note card. We put, you know, we had music on, we had a fire pit and we were just outside worshiping for, I think we spent like 45 minutes and praying And I asked them to ask the Lord, not to just come up with it on their own, but to ask the Lord what are some things that they have maybe held on to in the past or throughout the year that the Lord might be asking them to release to him. It could be sin. It could be unhealthy relationships. It could be an adage, anything. Like ask the Lord to show you. could be one thing. could be five things. And, you know, they wrote those down, and we kind of put them in the fire as symbolism of that. We were leaving that behind and walking in obedience with the Lord. And then on another card I gave them, Um, I ask them to really ask the Lord and pray on what are some things that he has for them in this coming year. Um, Some people might call those like goals, New New Year resolutions. And I know people feel differently about some of those things. You have people who are all for like making goals, making New Year's resolutions, and they're all about it. Some stick with it, some don't. You've got some people who are like, there's no point, you never stick with them. Or some people who just are like, well, you can start new things at any point. And that's true. Like his mercies are new every day. You can have a new start at any point. But I'm all for just any opportunity to be able to, you know, to, um, that propels you into what God has for you. But what I've noticed, and it's not just New Year's resolutions. It's in general, whenever people are planning. I've worked with teenagers for years now. And so I, I have a lot of kids that I've worked with that are, you know, getting ready to graduate or they're planning their futures. And even adults, honestly. I see it really all around, even in my kids And in kids in general, we are quick to make plans based on what we think we would like to happen or what we think we want to be or how the changes we think we should accomplish without really going to the Lord and asking him. And so even when I have students that are contemplating which college to go to, what their careers are, and even my kids, like little kids always talk about, well, I want to do this when I grow up and I want to do that. And I constantly am reminding them, like, that's awesome to have, like, dreams and plans, but we need to remember that we need to be going to the Lord and asking him, like, God, what do you have for me? What have you created me to be? Like, what do you want? And it's not just in our future, but it's every day. You know, we want to come to him and surrender that over to him. Um, And so, you know, with that, um, when Tim had asked me to speak about a couple months ago, He'd given me a heads up, and he'd really asked me to talk about the topic of first fruits. And we're going to talk about prayer as well as we're getting ready to do a series on some of our values as a church. But the Lord has really just been putting this concept of first fruits on my heart over and over again. And I think most people that claim to be Christians were very quick to say, like, God is, you know, he's what I love more than anything. He's the most important thing in my life. I put him before anything else. There's nothing that's in place, you know of the lord in my life like i you know i don't have other idols like i want to love him more and we're quick to say that you know we're quick to say like i want to give him my first fruits i think i'm doing it but i really wonder if we were to examine our lives if that would be telling a different story if we were to examine our bank accounts and our schedules and our calendars and our days like is that truly like is that truly like accurate like is the lord truly like the first most important thing in our life are we giving him our first fruits or are we giving him our leftovers? I don't think any one of us want to say that we're doing that, but I think it's really important. I've learned over time that the worst thing we can do is just live in denial, like in any area of our life, not even just spiritually. Like, no, but have you ever met somebody who just lives perpetually in denial all the time? It's like uncomfortable and embarrassing. It's like, who's going to tell them? <laughs> like, and they're so confident in certain things. And so in like every arena of my life since I was young, I've really wanted to be intentional about not living in denial in things. And sometimes I miss it. But what I've learned is we even see David in the Psalms where he's praying that the Holy Spirit would like search my heart, like, you know, show me things that I may not see. And so my prayer has been like, Lord, if you're truly not the most important thing to me, like even though I want to be, I'm in ministry, like show me, like show me the areas where I'm not giving you my first fruits. Show me the areas where I've chased other lovers like before you, where I've, I've chased comfort or pride or greed or building my own kingdom instead of chasing after you. And so, I wanted to take a little bit to intro the Sermon on Prayer and talk a little bit about what it means to truly give the Lord our first fruits. Um, many people, I think, so in scripture, tithing and first fruits are actually two different things if you look in the Old Testament. Um, granted, first fruits kind of mean something a little bit different now. Uh, I guess they mean the same thing, but they can be executed differently. But the tithe, if you look in the Old Testament, is typically a tenth of income given to the Lord throughout the year as an automatic sense of obedience after receiving income. I love when it says out of an automatic sense of obedience. We don't give to the Lord because he's like broke and needs our money. Like we're doing it out of, um, out of a place of acknowledging that the like the Lord has given us everything. And so it's like saying, God, I'm gonna give you first, you know, the first and foremost, even if I feel like it may. Like, we can sometimes believe the lie that we don't have enough, or we can't afford to tithe, or we can't, really, we can't afford not to tithe, truly. So that is like tithing. And first fruits, if you look in the Old Testament, was originally done once a year at harvest time. Back then, they live in in an agrarian culture, so like their agriculture was a big deal. Um, And so what they would do is it, they would give the very first, like, of their harvest of what they would... um, They would bring, and it was, it signified giving God the first of the crop and the best of the crop and showing a sense of trust that he would provide the rest of the year. Um, So now first fruits do take on a little bit of a different meaning. I'm not asking you guys to put like oranges in our, they wouldn't even fit in our little offering (laughs) like envelopes. Like you don't need to drop apples in there, Um, but it's just signifying saying, God, I'm going to give you the first of like everything that I have because you're worthy And because I trust you to take care of the rest. It's not giving him the after or the middle, um, but our first. And so in the New Testament, we see that God even gave Jesus as his first fruit sacrifice to us. In biblical times, you know, to atone for their sins, they would slaughter animals. And, you know, they would give different sacrifices. And we don't have to do that now, thankfully. I don't know if I could survive, like, killing a sheep and, (laughs) like, being, like, here and bringing it to church. But he sent Jesus, you know, his son, his perfect um, unblemished, you know, the only perfect man to ever walk, his son that he loves, to die the most painful death for us. And that was his first fruit offering given to us. And so in response, we give our first fruits to him in, you know, multitude of different ways, in our finances, in our times, with our talents, with our gifts, in relationship with him, um, and we see the concept of first fruits throughout scripture, but I'm going to share one. It was one of the first stories in the Bible, really. So we know Adam and Eve were the first man and woman, right, in the Bible. Um, and out of their children, there were two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain was the older son, and he grew crops, and Abel was the younger one, and he raised animals. And there was a point in their life where they both wanted to come and give a sacrifice to the Lord. And it says that Cain, well, Abel, we'll start with Abel, he um, he raised flock. And so he sacrificed to the Lord his firstborn, and it was the fattest of all. I believe it's a sheep, right, um, of all of, you know, the, the flock. And he gave that to the Lord. And then it says the exact wording that it says Cain um, brought food of the ground in the course of time. And what that means is that he eventually brought the fruit of the ground. And so I was studying it a little bit. So obviously here's Abel bringing the best, the first, like he did not hold back. He was like, you know, God, I'm going to give you the best and the first of what I have. And here's Cain, who's like, I'll eventually get to it, like over the course of time, after I fed my family, after I've, I don't know, you sell, I don't really know what you do, you trade, sell, I'm not sure, I'm not a farmer, but like (laughs) eventually he gave, you know, gave God um, some of the fruit in the course of time, and what's funny is I was reading like about this a little bit, and it was saying there's some, which I don't know who would like think this, but some people think it's because, or God was obviously pleased with the the first, you know, the first um, of the flock that was the fattest, and he was not pleased with the, you know, the fruit that he gave in the course of time. And people were like, well, it's because God likes likes meat more. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, who even would think that? But it was saying that that's not the case. The reason was a heart issue. It's that Abel was able to, like, he saw that the Lord deserved the best and the first. And he trusted the Lord in that, where Abel didn't. And what I've realized is the difference on whether or not we give the Lord our first fruits versus our leftovers really stems from how we perceive God, We're currently reading the book Crazy Love with our students in our student leadership over at The Youth. And one of my one of the things that it had said, I've read it several times, but every time I read it, something different stands out. It says that what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. And I really believe that the difference between those that choose to give the Lord their first fruits versus their leftovers is what we believe about God. If you think about it, when you love somebody, when you are grateful for somebody, when you see somebody that is worthy. You want to offer them the best that you have. I love my husband. I love my kids. I want to give them the best of me. I don't want to give them my leftovers. How much more is that with the Lord? And then if we believe that God is able to provide, we're going to give without concern if we're going to have enough. But if we maybe not even recognize we believe the lie that maybe He's not so good, or maybe we, we worked hard for this, so we deserve it. Not even just money, but I work hard. I deserve to rest, which we do need rest. You know, Sabbath is biblical, but we can start to view our resources, our materials, our time in a sense of, well, this is more important than spending time with the Lord. This is more important than me attending church. This is more important than I don't have time to serve. I don't have energy to serve. We're giving the Lord our leftovers. And so none of us would, you know, none of us want to believe this about ourselves, but I, I see it in my own life sometimes. And this is where I have to ask the Lord, God, I, I'm, I, I'm okay with you convicting me. Like, it's okay for me to, like, I want you to do it even though it hurts. Tim said, he spoke a few weeks ago and he said the phrase, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm a little bit, um, he said, sometimes we avoid hurt, which ends up harmful because we don't want to feel the pain of like walking through Um, the hurt of like, it's like a bone, I guess, that's broken that you have to re-break. It's harmful to let that bone heal incorrectly, and it's going to hurt when we re-break it, but then it's able to heal the right way. Does that make sense? And so I'm going to ask you guys with me to just posture ourselves in a way that says, Lord, if I leave here a little, you know, a little hurt (laughs) today, a little bit convicted today, if I, you know... I want to be, I never want to not be in that space. Every time I open my Bible, I want it to allow to like shape me and mold me and show me the areas in my life that are lacking. I don't want to live in denial. I don't want to be one of those people who are like, well, who's going to tell her? (laughs) Like who's, and so I even have people in my life who I've invited to be like, hey, tell me if I'm being an idiot. Tell me if I'm being a jerk. Tell me if I'm missing it. And I know our flesh wants to, like, push back and be like, well, you know, we make excuses. And so I'm, I'm trying really hard. I'm not, I haven't mastered it, <laughs> but I'm trying to work in correcting those things um, and being sensitive to the Lord and what he has to say. And so I really just want to ask us as we go into this, like, message, as we go into this new year, to examine, like, are we truly giving the Lord our first fruits or are we giving him our leftovers? Are we? What do we believe about God? Do we believe that he's going to sustain us? Time, finances, energy, relationally, all of those things. Or are we holding back and holding on? And truly, if we're not giving the, fir- the Lord our first fruits, ask yourself, well, what am I giving my first fruits to? Because we look, I mean, I've done it. I've looked through scriptures where I see people who have made these idols and they're worshiping all of these other man-made things. And I'm like, well, that's dumb. But truly, we do it every day. You know, we worship our cell phones. We worship our spouses. We worship our kids. We don't, we don't like to use those words. But that's what we're doing when we have placed so much of our, like, everything on things that ultimately are going to let us down, on things that are not going to be able to sustain us long-term. Does that make sense? And we're trying to shape, you know, and I'm guilty of it. Like, oh, this year I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I have all these plans, and we haven't even taken them to the Lord and said, God, like, is this what you desire? Is this what you want from me? Because ultimately, he created us. I've met so many people, and I've been there in the past as well, where I'm like, man, I don't know what to do with my, you know, myself, my future, all of these different things. And it's, it's almost silly because it's like, we don't need to know like everything. We just need to know the person who made us and who has created our life, has plans for us. And then as long as we're meeting with him and obedient to him and following him, like the rest will kind of, it doesn't mean life is perfect, but it, it, it means that we can walk in a peace that we can trust the one who made us and who knows all of our tomorrows and he's aware of our yesterdays and he's aware of our shortcomings, thank God. And he's able to stand in the gap and be the strength in those areas, um, if that makes sense. And so... um, none of us are perfect. I know that. I know I fail in this area. And I also want to acknowledge um, the fact that this isn't something that I think we ever master. Like, we're never, like, automatically, like, I never have to work on this again. Like, we have to make, just like my relationship with my spouse and my kids, I have to make, like, a minute-by-minute choice sometimes to say, God, I'm putting you first. God, I'm not going to allow myself to walk in distraction. Lord, I'm not going to let a day go by without, you know, surrendering to you and submitting to you and acknowledging to you. And so the difference isn't, like, oh, if I haven't perfected it, like, I'm a, you know, whatever. Like, we're striving towards it the scary place to be is when we've grown indifferent about it and that is something that is like scary like I've seen it in seasons in my life I've seen it you know in in the American church I think it's a little bit easy too because we're so comfortable you know even in like this pandemic and in the craziness there's still a lot of comfort like compared to I remember we I think we showed it with the youth I watched a video several months ago and I believe it was in China and they were in a bible study and there was an American pastor I wasn't planning on sharing this but I think it fits And he was talking to, you know, they were talking and everything. And they were talking about how, I guess, there it's, like, illegal to read your Bible. And so literally they would come in. He's witnessed it where they would come in, break up Bible studies, take the people to jail. they weren't allowed to have Bibles. And they would literally, like, sneak, like, pages of Scripture. And they would try to memorize them as quickly as they could. They'd write stuff on their hands. And, I mean, just, like, a hunger and desperation, a commitment to the Word and to relationship with the Lord. And at one point they were talking or praying. And I guess the pastor there was saying, you know, pray for us so that we can one day be like you in America, where we can worship freely and read the Bible freely. And his response was like, no, pray for us to be like you, because we have a million Bibles at home. We have the ability to come to church. We have even on vacation, we can tune in. And we take it all so for granted. You know, we, I mean, we barely open our Bibles sometimes and these are people literally like smuggling pieces of scripture and trying to remember them and willing to go to jail and lose their families over them. And so when I heard, I was literally bawling as I was reading that, like, that's what it looks like to give the Lord your first fruits. It's saying, no matter what it costs me, no matter, like, I'm going to make, like, I'm going to pursue the Lord with everything I have. And if I get it wrong, I'm going to pick myself back up and I'm going to keep fighting to give him my first fruits. Does that make sense? Um, and so because I know none of us you know are perfect, our staff knows it's easy. We live in a physical world, right? There's full of distractions. we can have the best of intentions. but if we're not intentional um our intentions really aren't going to do much for us if we're not intentional in making, in seeking the Lord and making these changes and casting aside distraction. And so Ted mentioned earlier, every year, and we do multiple fasts sometimes, but every year we make it a point in the beginning of the year to give the Lord our first fruits in this specific way of fasting. And so today we're beginning 21 days of fasting and prayer. In a in a way to just say, God, I'm resetting my focus. I'm resetting anything that is in my life <laughs> that is distracting me. I'm going to set it aside. And everyone's fast can look different. Over the years, I fasted food. I fasted social media. I fasted completely. I fasted just me. I mean, literally, you have to take it to the Lord and say, I mean, I've even have talked to people who have said they fasted having bad attitudes or complaining or, you know, whatever it is, you ask the Lord and he's going to show you. He's going to show you the things in your life that are right now, um, are like hindering us from closeness with him. And we don't fast because it makes God love us more. We fast because it helps us to love him more. Um, I heard an illustration put one way that each of us are born, it's like silly, we have a God-shaped hole like in our lives. And what happens is we try to stuff it with other things and we can, like nothing really fits. Like if you've ever had kids, you know those like shape shifter things. Um, You put like the square in the square and the like circle in the circle. And it's like picturing this God-sized hole in our life that we're trying to shove with relationships, with, you know, food, with, you know, alcohol, sex, shopping. I mean, it it could be anything. It could even be ministry. It could be your children. It could be literally anything. If it's not the Lord, it's, it's not going to sustain you. It's not going to fill you. But what happens is we become so filled up with those other things that we're not hungry for God. And so if you ever are in a season where you're like, man, I just, I'm not hungry for God, or I don't hear his voice. I've had to like ask myself, okay, well, what am I filling myself up with that's causing me to like lose my hunger for the Lord? What is it that I'm, constantly, like, list, like you know what I mean? Like, what voices am I constantly filling myself with that I can't hear his voice? And so fasting is a great time to be able to stop, reshift, say, Lord, I'm going to unstuff myself. <laughs> I'm going to remove things so that I can grow hungrier for you. And so there's times that I've done fast purely out of obedience. I haven't really wanted to or even felt <laughs> like I wanted to. But as I fast and as I remove those things, I hear him clearer. I'm hungrier for him. Um... It's, it's really just a beautiful time. And I'm going to share a verse with you guys real quick. Um, and it's Joel 2 12 through 13. And um, it says, This is what the Lord says Turn to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful, compassionate, slow to get un- angry. And filled with unfailing love, He is eager to relent and not punish. And um, when I read this, it really, um, it really stood out to me. Um, I wanted to point out a couple things in it real quick. So if you're sitting here and you might be feeling a little defeated or feeling like, man, I haven't been giving the Lord my first fruits. Man, I'm you know, I, I'm with you guys. I look at my life and I'm like, man, I. the whole reason I wanted to homeschool my kids this year, I'm gonna be transparent with you, is because I really wanted to slow down and make sure we're pursuing the Lord together and all of that. And there are times that we've done that, but I can even see like, man, I've let it get away from me here and on this day and on this week we've gotten busy. And so please know that like, I think this is, some, this is a message for everyone. It's for me. I don't care if you've been a Christian 50 years or you, you know, accepted Jesus 30 seconds ago. I think we all need to be able to, re, like, reshift and fast and focus on the Lord. And so what I love is it says, um, turn to me now. And it says, give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. We recently did a study on the Beatitudes with our youth group, and we had different leaders share um, on a different beatitude every week, and we did a study together with as like our youth leaders. And something I didn't know—I'm probably just I don't know uneducated—but when I heard the word mourning in the beatitudes, I always just thought it meant like those who are like sad or like mourning things. What it actually means is to mourn your sin and unrighteousness. And so what it's saying is, come to me with your fasting—you know, you're weeping, you're praying—and mourning the fact. That there's sin in your life, mourning the flat, like your flesh. Does that make sense? Like, we should never reach a point that we're just okay with our sin. We're just okay with our pride. We're just okay with our apathy. Does that make sense? But come to me mourning, heartbroken over the fact that we are not, you know, we're not living in holiness or we're not, you know, like it should break our heart. Like, it's, you never wanna reach a place where we're just okay with our sin, where we're just okay with our apathy, we're just okay giving the Lord our leftovers. Does that make sense? Like, I think that is the fine line of striving. We're not perfect, but we're striving. We're growing. We're asking the Lord. We're trying versus it is what it is. Like, we're never going to be perfect anyways. You know, like, he'll just forgive me. It's fine. Like, that is just the, you know, it's saying, come to me with your mourning, like over your sin, over your brokenness, over our shortcomings. And then it says um, to tear our hearts, which... What that means, it's like allowing the Lord in the, like, in the Old Testament, they circumcised, like, physically. And then in the New Testament, it talks about circumcision of the heart. And it's allowing the Lord to, like, to, like, soften our hearts, to tear away the flesh, to tear, you know, like, to allowing ourselves to be moldable and soft and broken, like, for him, sensitive to him, and just to tear away the parts of us that are just not of him. Like, to break our heart for what breaks his, and to just get rid of our flesh, really. Um, And then it, it goes on to say, return to the Lord. And I love this. He was merciful and compassionate. Please don't sit here. What I don't want is for you to sit and feel shame and condemnation. Conviction is good. Con- like shame is not. And to feel like you've done too much or you're too far. Like he is quick to forgive. He is compassionate. He is filled with love. He is merciful. If we come to him mourning our sins and repentant and like hungry for him, man, he's qu- He's quick to like love his children. Like, he's quick to forgive. He's filled with mercy and compassion, but that's a response to our repentance, right? Like, it's a response to our heart that grieves anything that doesn't look like him in our lives, that grieves the idols that we've put in. It grieves the fact that we're giving him leftovers, um, and so I just want to encourage you in that, and so um As we fast, as we go into this, really just ask the Lord, what is it in your life that we, that you in this season, I'm praying also, it'll look different for all of us. What can I do? What do I need to cast aside in this season to like keep my eyes fixated on him, to make sure I'm giving him the first and not the last or the leftovers, and to really just be able to chase after him so that we would love him, we would love him more in the way that he deserves. And then I want to encourage you guys when you're doing this fast, um, I know this might sound like a no-brainer, but I'm guilty of this. There's been times over the years that I fasted and did, like forgot to pray, like just got busy. Like I would skip eating or I would skip social media, and the, I, I feel like um, it's really easy to to just get busy doing something else. So instead of like eating, you know, lunch or whatever or skipping meals, I'm just now busy with this instead. And so really be intentional. Whatever you're fasting, not to fill that time with a new idol or a new um, coping mechanism or a new something else, but to really seek the Lord in prayer um, over that. Because truly, it's impossible to say that we're giving the Lord our first fruits and that we love the Lord if we don't have a healthy prayer life. Like, you can't say that you're close and intimate with somebody if you're not in continual conversation with them. And so I want to talk to you guys also a little bit about prayer. And is it okay? Prayer is such a loaded topic, and I feel like we could go super deep. You could do a whole series, multiple weeks on prayer. But is it okay if we just keep it really simple um, and basic today? Like, only because I feel like sometimes we can get so caught up in all. It's It's not that it's not important to go deep but i feel like we can't go deep until we at least until we at least get the foundation and the basic of it does that make sense and so i'm going to share with you guys i'm going to be transparent and share with you a passage of scripture that if you've grown up in church you've probably heard it many times but it is something that i still like on a regular basis the lord brings back to me and i have to um, really just pray through and be intentional about and so i'm going to read um, luke 10 38 through 42 and it's the story of jesus visiting mary and martha There is one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And there's a couple things in this passage I want to point out. Like, people are really quick to, like, hate on Martha. Like, you could be like, well, obviously, you need to, like, you know, be with Jesus. She invited Jesus in. It was Martha who, like, invited Jesus in. She was here busy preparing this feast for him, this meal for him. And even was like trying to figure out like, why isn't she doing this for Jesus? I truly believe she had good intentions, which is why I say like, yes, the Lord looks at our heart, but intentions aren't what's gonna, aren't gonna bring us closer to Jesus. It's gonna be, Just like I can have good intentions to have a relationship with my husband, but if we don't go on dates, it's probably not going to happen. I can have good intentions to be a good parent, but if I'm not investing in my children and spending time with them, like my intentions aren't going to bring us closer together. Does that make sense? And so I truly believe she had good intentions. Like I said, she invited him in. She's preparing for him. And Jesus quickly says, like, you've missed it. You're doing all of these things in my name, but you're not spending time with me. And I think a lot of times it could be really easy to spend our lives cultivating like the gifts he's given us that are all noble things, parenting, raising kids, our jobs, loving people. I mean, literally there's a whole list. I'm in ministry and I see myself doing it all the time. Like ministry, like I'm called to ministry. Like the Lord wants me to do ministry, but when I've made that my first fruit, like he's called us to work our jobs. He's called us to our spouses. He's called us to our kids. He's called us to do a million different things. But if that becomes our first fruit and that becomes the foundation and that becomes what we're, pouring, you know, our, ourselves into and not the Lord, we've missed it. And so I would hate at the end of my life to think I'm doing all of these things for Jesus and I'm, you know, like my family, my kids, I'm saying, you know, all of these things and I've missed relationship with him. I've missed intimacy with him because ultimately that is like the first fruit that he wants from us above all else. He wants our hearts, he wants our time, he wants our relationship, he wants us to, you know, have a prayer life with him it's just like my husband, he's acts of service. That's like, there's love languages. And it took us a while to adjust. We have like opposite love languages. Um, So there's things I did for him that aren't necessarily like how he feels loved and vice versa. Like the Lord wants, he wants your time. He wants your heart. He wants you to have relationship with him above all else. Like, yes, there's other things he's going to call you to do. Yes, there's people he's going to call you to minister to. Yes, he's going to call you to do things in your home. But man, if we miss relationship with him, what's the point? Like, there is, I mean, there's nothing else. Everything else should be an overflow out of the intimacy that we've cultivated and allowed him to cultivate um, with us. Even Jesus we see in the New Testament. Jesus, like God himself, <laughs> down on earth, he, he, he made an emphasis on prayer and fasting. Like, we see where he did the 40-day fast. We see, it says multiple times, you know, Luke 5, 16 says, he, he often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And if God here on earth needs to withdraw to lonely places to pray, like, who do we think we are? Like, I'm guilty of this. Listen, I've struggled, um, and I still struggle sometimes to, like, be like, okay, I need to take a Sabbath. I need to do this. Like, and I've often been like, well, when? (laughs) Like, my husband's a cop. I'm in ministry. There was a point when I was also working full time. How, like, silly of me to tell God I'm too busy to, like, rest in his presence when Jesus himself, who was healing, who was doing miracles, who was, I mean, really, and he saw the importance of saying, like, no, this can wait. Like, I need to go pray. I need to go have time alone with the Father. I need to go, you know, reset. And so... It's just, it's something that's so important, that's so simple that I think we often allow to slip away in the busyness and in the flesh and in the physical and all the demands in life that we just can't. And so if we truly want to give the Lord our first fruits, if we want to say, God, you're more important to me than anything else, we've got to master this. We've got to learn what it is to say, God, like my relationship with you comes before all else. Like I've got to meet with you. I need to spend time in prayer with you. I need to be sensitive to your spirit and your leading and your guiding and there's, I mean, there's, and we'll get a little bit more into the practical um, parts of it, but, um, I mean, it's, it's just important. There's a, um, actually, I'm going to go into this. So, sorry, I told you guys I was a little sleep deprived, <laughs> so I'm trying to read, and um, as we're doing this, um, we can look and say, like, it, like, how, like, how do I make this like fit into my life, and so I'm going to give you guys a couple practical. I'm jumping around a little bit in the message, sorry, but I just I'm all about practical advice, and so I'm going to tell you some things that I've done that have um, that worked for me, and things that we can do. And one of those things, I mean, and I want to start off by saying this: if you're in a busy season, I know how um, this message can come off a little bit defeating. I've been there where I've sat in messages like this, and it's like God, I genuinely want to, but how? And so I don't want you to walk away feeling shame, but I do think it's important to recognize that in any relationship that we have, we have a choice to make it a priority or not. And so here are a couple little things that I have done. If you're in a busy season, you're going to need the Lord more than ever, honestly. I mean, we need him all the time, but it's going to be what sustains you. And so before anything else, meet with the Lord. I'm not a morning person at all. Like My husband can attest to this. Anyone that knows me, like, I'm really just, I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I hate, I'm not a morning person. Like, once I'm up, I'm up, but it's, like, it's a lot for me, and growing up, I'd always hear, like, oh, you have to do your devotions first thing in the morning, and I'd be like, well, no, I can do them anytime, and that was great and all before I had kids and jobs and all of that, but really, there's just something I'm telling you, when you're in a busy season especially, I can see it in my own life, and it doesn't mean that you have to have the biggest part of your time with the Lord at this point, but start every morning in the Word and in prayer. It's literally like saying every morning, God, I'm giving you my first fruits today. Lord, like I want to, I mean, I just can't imagine the days that I go throughout my day without meeting with him first, I can tell a difference versus the mornings that I've woken up and said, God, like help me to see today through your perspective. Give me a word. What do you want from me today? Those days go significantly different. It doesn't mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that they're without, you know, hiccups or things like that. But I end up being a different person. Like on those days, I'm a better mom, I'm a better wife. I'm less likely to miss out on the things that God has for me and for others like through me. And so it just prepares me, it shifts. I think of like, if you play sports, like you have your little, you have your practices and you have like your huddle right before the game. We even do it here on Sunday mornings. It just gives you like realigned vision. Does that make sense? And gets you on the same page. It prepares me, my attitude's better. So before anything else, I wanna encourage you like really just carve out some time to meet with the Lord, pray with the Lord. Give him your, I mean, if you're, who here's a list person? It's bad. I love lists. If you look at my phone, I have a million different lists for everything. I have alarms for everything. And so I had a friend recently tell me, just like, give him your list in the morning and ask him, like, what on here? Because we can think things are real important that are not really as important as we think that they are um, in in the grand scheme of things. And so I've started trying to do that. Um, Some other things. This one is huge for me. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. And so, yes, there's times that we set aside for, like, like, focused, uninterrupted prayer, but really throughout the day, just pray with the Lord. Like, I I mean, I do it all the time in my car, when I'm with my kids. It doesn't have to be these fancy, you know, like, these long, intricate prayers. Just pray to him like you would a friend, or, you know, every, like, as I'm doing the dishes, as I'm doing, I'm, like, I'm constantly asking the Lord, like, okay, what do, you, what do you think about this? Or, Lord, you know, help me with this, or God, thank you so much, like, for this, and just pray, Throughout the day, I think sometimes we make it so much more like complicated, and so much it almost becomes intimidating. Does that make sense? Which is why I just want to bring it back um, to the most simplest of forms. And like I said earlier, lay your schedules, life demands, finances, everything before the Lord. Give Him veto power and allow Him to call the shots. And here's the thing I had to learn about myself: I would pray and say, "God, You have the ability to call the shots. I give You veto power. I, I mean, I'm allowing You." to take things off my plate and then when it happens <laughs> I recognize the condition of my heart when I, and I've been like oh gosh not not that one but really let yourself get to a place where you say okay God like this is something I really you know wanted to do or want and, but I trust you and I'm telling you every single time that I've surrendered to him in those areas man it's ended up infinitely better than anything I could have come up with myself and he has a reason like we need to be able to trust him Another thing is scheduling in time with the Lord is important, but also be sensitive to the spirit. And I think it's important that we do both. Um, if we don't plan time with people that we care about, oftentimes we don't, we run out of time for them. It's that giving the first fruits versus the leftover. So yes, like schedule your time in with the Lord, schedule time to be in the word, schedule time for prayer but also be sensitive to the spirit and allow moments where there's been times I've been watching a show and the Lord is like, come spend time with me. Or there's times that I've had plans to go do something, or I'm even working on a sermon and he's like, put this away. Like we need to spend time together. And what I've realized is the more I'm sensitive to that, um, the more like I can hear his voice. Does that make sense? The more, because there's been seasons in my life. I don't know if it's just me. I've had dry seasons and I've had seasons where I can, it's like the mountains and the valleys, but I'm telling you, the more I surrender in those moments, like, man, I can, it's like my spirit comes alive, and it's because I'm walking in obedience. It's because I'm allowing him to speak to me and fill me versus whatever it is I'm doing in that moment, and I promise you there's nothing that is going to sustain you, going to comfort you, going to, like, even refresh you more than time with the Lord. Something I'd heard that was really, um, Good is that a lot of times when we are busy, we try to like veg out, right? Like we wanna make sure we're having me time or time to refresh ourselves or like self-care time. But a lot of times the things we're doing don't actually refuel us. Yes, it's a moment of like our bodies are shut down, but they're not actually refilling us. So I think there's a difference between just stopping and like watching a show or whatever and actually refueling if that makes sense and getting with the lord and so i'm not saying you know throw your tvs out like you know don't ever get hobbies or play sports but just be mindful of the fact that self-care yes like god gave us you know we want to working out is great it's fine you know to watch tv to read but don't ever think that that is how you're going to refuel yourself we have to be mindful even sleep sleep is great sleep is biblical like the lord we need sleep but, like, nothing is going to refresh us and refuel us like a meeting with the Lord. Nothing is going to recharge us like a meeting with the Lord. And so that's something that I've been really mindful of ever since I was given that piece of advice. And so some of the benefits of prayer, I mean, there's lots. Um, obviously, we know, you know, intimacy with the Lord. Um, also, we see in Scripture where the Lord tells us that, like, we're able to resist temptation through prayer. We're able to break strongholds through prayer. Um Our faith is grown through prayer. Um, I know for me, there are times that I'm literally praying prayers of faith that I'm like starting to believe it as I'm praying it. Does that make sense? There's times that I've literally prayed, God, help my unbelief. Like, Lord, help me because I'm struggling with faith in this season. Or there's times that I've been in situations and I'm not talking about like, um, like prosperity gospel, like a name it and claim it. Like I'm gonna win the lottery and I'm gonna pray that. No, I'm talking about like declaring our faith in the Lord. And there's been times I've literally prayed in situations like, God, this doesn't look, you know, like whatever the situation is, if it doesn't go my way, I trust you. I trust that you're good. I trust that you're true to your promises. And as I'm praying those things, my faith is increased. Prayer gives us um, an eternal mindset. It gives us vision. It gives us, I mean, I, one of the prayers I praise, Lord, give me eyes to see the things that you see. Give me, like, ears to hear the things you want me to hear. Give me an ability to see things that are, like, not in the flesh, you know? There's been times he's had me pray for people, and the Lord has, like, given me insights that were only, like, from him, you know? And so when we pray, we're able to see things not just in the physical perspective but in the eternal perspective, and prayer is powerful. You know, we don't we don't pray just because it's this nice, cute little thing we do, but we pray because it's there's power behind it. Like, it can break you know, generational curses, it can, we can resist sin, we can, I mean, we're, we're praying destiny and calling and identity over people, like, in the Lord's name, like, prayer is powerful, and so I want to share just a couple different, I mean, I looked up lists, you know, I've heard different ones, there's so many different types of prayers, you know, and I looked at, and some of them had, like, 10 types of prayers, Some had four, I mean, there were so many different lists, and so we're just, I'm going to just kind of cover five, kind of six, because I feel like the six is kind of all the prayers, Um, fall under this, but there are six different types of prayer that I'm going to share with you. I think you can probably go deeper, or I don't know, but the first one is worship, praise, and adoration. This prayer acknowledges God for who he is. It is done so by showing the love, respect, and admiration we have for him, and that he is worthy. And the reason I'm sharing this list is because sometimes I think we can go in prayer and sometimes we don't know what to pray or how to pray. And so prayer, you can literally, there's prayers in the Bible that you can look up and you can pray through. And I believe the booklet that we have in the back for the prayer and fast, I believe it has prayers in it, correct? So if you are struggling with how to pray or what to pray, grab one of those books in the back and you could literally pray through scripture that's given for you. There's times that I'm literally, I'm just praying casual. Like I would talk to, I mean, still honoring the Lord, but just intimate, casual, like God, you know, I I love you, thank you. But here are some ways that we can pray. Worship, praise, adoration. Like I said, it's acknowledging who God is, how great he is. And like I said, as I pray all of these, we're praying them in faith. And there's times that I'm like reminding my spirit, like that these things are true. Like, God, you are good. God, you know, you're, you're holy. God, you're provider. God, you're, you know, prince of peace. God, and we're just, we're thanking him for who he is. Two is confessions and repentance. And what's sad is this one was actually left off of a lot of lists. And I was like, it needs to be on here because I think it's important. And it says, this prayer consists of admitting our sins, asking forgiveness, and turning away from sin. Often Jesus called those he interacted to, with to confess their sins and sin no more in the Bible. We get a glimpse of confession prayers and many reminders that God forgives those who confess and repent of their sins. And this reminded me of that verse in Joel that we, you know, I read a couple minutes ago where it said, um, you know, like, Come to me, you know, like, allow me to, like, you know, tear your hearts and come to me in mourning, like, mourning of our sin, repenting, like, you know, it's not too late to turn back. That's the beautiful part of it. If you're sitting here and there's maybe conviction, and again, I'm there, like, the beautiful part of this is there's, like, there's redemption, there's forgiveness, there's an ability to live a new life and not have to walk bound by the chains of sin anymore. You're able to walk in freedom and you're able to walk in deliverance and you're able to walk as the person who God created you to be, this is not meant to be a defeating, like hit you over the head message. This is meant to be like a restorative, like message, like you can turn to the Lord. We can confess our sins and repent and align our life with him and then be able to, doesn't mean life is perfect, but be able to walk in this beautiful relationship with him, be able to walk in peace, be able to walk in joy, be able to walk in just the knowledge and the comfort of knowing that like the creator of the universe has you. And so when we're able to align ourselves with him and repent and say, God, I'm giving you everything, it's not because, like, we're not doing him a favor. This is us that's getting the blessing, you know? It's us that's having our lives completely transformed. It's us that's seeking the the fruit of, you know, what he's done for us. Um, Another one is petition petition and intercession. It's kind of two. You can kind of make them one. And it says, this prayer consists of coming to the Lord fervently with a need And when done in intercession, so petition is coming to the Lord fervently with a need, like passionately, um, like, Lord, I really need, you know, X, Y, and Z. Lord, please, if it's your will, you know do this, but when it's intercession, it's exercised, when we're not concerned with our own needs, but rather the needs of others. We pray on their behalf and stand in the gap for somebody else, and so there's times that we pray for people who are not in a position right now to pray for themselves. I've had people intercede for me before where I've been like, hey, like, I'm really struggling. Could you pray for me? Like, can you pray for this need? Can you pray with me over this? And so, um, That's one of the ways we pray for supplication. This prayer involves the action of asking or begging for something earnestly and in a humble manner in the form of a plea. This is the most humbling of prayer types and takes total surrender and loss of control. Five is thanksgiving. This is when we express gratitude for the Lord's blessings in our life. So you could be thanking him for salvation, having food, shelter, family, friends, employment. You know, there was even for Thanksgiving, we had our students, we spent some time prayer and journaling, and I had these little printouts, and it it was writing different things we're thankful for. And one of them was even thanking the Lord for hardships that we faced, because knowing that they have the ability to bring us closer to him or refine us or our character. So it's literally thanking the Lord for anything that he's done in our life, for who he is, the things he's brought us through. And the last one I'm going to share spiritual warfare. Technically, all prayer is spiritual warfare. Worship is warfare. But there's times that we very specifically pray and it's um, in this manner. It says, this is when we deal with the battles within ourselves and others and use prayer to guard against attacks, maintain focus, or receive deliverance. This prayer involves us asking God to protect and guard against any harm and for his will to prevail. And so... I mean, you can look up lists. There's more that you can add on here. There's ways you can lump them together. But these are just some different ways that we pray, different things that we can do in our prayer time. Like I said, if you are needing more guidance in prayer as we begin this fast, please grab one of the books there. The, are they on the back table? or Okay, the, the front table when you walk out. I believe there's resources on the app as well that you can, you know, you can go to um, for more guidance with prayer. But I really, really want to encourage you guys as we start this fast. I'm going to wrap up um, now, and then we're going to pray. Really going into this year, my biggest thing is before any other goal that you write down, any other resolution, really, truly go to the Lord. Ask the Lord, what do you, what have I carried in from the last year that you're wanting to get rid of? What am I giving my first fruits to that really need to be shifted to you? And like I said, that could be in any area, finances your giftings, your talent, your time, and literally anything. Like, what am I doing? What am I spending my life on that I'm doing before I'm spending it on you? And ask the Lord to kind of just reshift that and to show you areas, show you what he has for you this year. Have any of you guys, um, I've seen in my life and others, where I've had seasons of, like, apathy where I realized that I have just wasted, like, days or months or hours of my life and I haven't been fruitful does that make sense? Like, let's make, let's come together and really make it um, a point to say, God, I don't want to be fruitless this year. I don't want to see 2022 come and go, and I've failed to meet with you. I've failed to grow in my relationship with you. i failed to accomplish the things. Because every single person in here, it's not just if you're in ministry. Every one of you have a calling on your life. When the Lord made you and he formed you in your mother's womb, he gave you giftings, he gave you talents, he gave you personality traits. He, he made you in his image, and he had a plan for your life. And so one of the most heartbreaking things we can do is miss out on that plan. Now, that plan, first and foremost, is relationship with him. It's to be able to, like, repent and turn and give him, you know, our lives and to, to live a life of surrender and, like, intimacy with him. But then there's also things that he has us for you to do. And I was talking with a friend probably six months ago, and she was saying that a lot of times in the church we can believe that if we don't do something, somebody else will do it. And while there's times that, yes, the Lord may go to somebody else, but there are certain things that you were assigned to do that if we don't do them, like if we don't share the gospel with certain people or if we're not walking in the calling that the Lord has for us, like I don't I don't know what the ramifications for that. Only God knows the long-term like result. And so I don't want to leave at the end of this year. And look back at 2022 and feel like I was asleep spiritually, or that I, I missed my calling, or I missed the things the Lord has for me. If you are looking at the last year, or however many years, the last month, and you feel like that, that's okay. The Lord can redeem that. It's like it said in Joel, like it's not too late. Like turn back now. Like turn your eyes to Him, surrender to Him, repent. You know, allow the Lord to soften our hearts. But I wish, I mean, my prayer is that we can all do that together as a church. That we could be a church that keeps our eyes focused on him, that is a church that gives him our first fruits above everything else. Because I'm telling you, when believers, and not just the way, but the church as a whole can do that, that is an attractive way to live to a world that is lost and broken. Like when we're able to walk in joy, when we're able to walk in generosity, when we're able to walk, when we spend time with the Lord, we leave looking like him. It's like the same. Whenever you hang around people, you sometimes you pick up their mannerisms or the way they talk. Or I mean, I hate it because I hang out with teenagers all the time, and sometimes I just hear like I don't. I really don't want to say the stupid things that come out of my mouth, and I'll catch myself saying like certain slang, and I'm like, oh no, I'm too old to be saying this. Like please, it just it's like a habit. And so I'm like, guys, I'm th- like in my 30s, <laughs> I can't be talking like this. And it's not bad stuff, just like cringe, like stuff I should not be saying in my 30s. Like it's just ridiculous. But it's because what you're around eventually influences you. And so the more we spend with the Lord, the more we begin to look like the Lord. I hate the saying of like, well, I'm just trying to be the best, like, version of myself. The best version of me still sucks. Honestly, it is cranky. It is irritable. It says really stupid things. It's lazy. It's undisciplined. It's mouthy. (laughs) Like it's just not like the best. I want to be the. I want to be Jesus. I want to be who Jesus created me to be that looks like Him. Now each of us will be different. Like we're not clones. He created all of us in our in His own image, and we each have our own giftings. But I don't want to be the best version of like physical Shaza. I want to be. I want to be Jesus. I want to look like Jesus to a dying world. I want to be love. I want to be. Um, I wanna give people hope. I wanna show people like my savior that brings peace and joy when it doesn't make sense. I wanna show people that God that I can trust when it, like, it I sh- like I shouldn't be able to trust according to the physical. Does that make sense? And so can we as a church just agree to chase after the Lord above anything else this year, to make him more important than our schedules and our checklists and our budget and our goals and our even our families. Like I tell our kids, you, my kids do this little thing. Since they were little, they would just be like, who do you love more? And they'll name random things. Like they'll be like an alligator or me. I hate alligators, like obviously you, but they'll be like, what do you love more? Cheesecake or And it was always you. You know, I tell them you, you. But they, from an early age, like who do you love more? Like God or me? And they know my answer is the Lord. And I don't know if you're like me and you're a parent. Sometimes I drive and I hate this, but sometimes you ever just like say things without like listening to the question. My kids get me sometimes because if I'm tired or distracted, they'll be like, can I have ice cream? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. What? Like you just kind of answer like in passing and you're like, wait, (laughs) like what did I just agree to? And I'll never forget, this was years ago. They were little, little. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Emma or Ava, but we're driving. And they were listing all the things. And I really, I mean, real talk, I was just saying you out of, like, repetition. I was, like, driving, like, distracted, not even listening to, like, what it was. And they were like, well, what do you love more, God or, or us? And I just was, you know just out of habit. And my kids, like, at four years old, I think, stopped me. And they're like, Mom, you're supposed to love God more. And what I love is that at that young age, it wasn't, like, offended. They weren't hurt that I loved the Lord more. They know, like, the Lord has to come first. Like If you ask them, like who do you love more, your mom? They're gonna pick the dog over me and my husband, (laughs) but all of them, they'll be like the dog, then you guys, they love our dog, we just got another dog. But my heart is to show them like the Lord, like the Lord has to come before my spouse, the Lord has to come before my kids, the Lord has to come before my calling, the Lord has to come before it all. And so my prayer is that I'll be able to not just say that to them, but show them that with my life. And so as parents, Any of us that are Christian parents, our hope is we want to see our kids grow to love the Lord, right? Like, we want them to be the people that God has called them to be. We want them protected from the enemy and from sin. We want them living a life of holiness and living out who the Lord has called them to be. But what's scary is they're watching us. And so we can, I read a quote, I think I even shared it in a message. I don't remember the exact words, but it was like, What is the, like, the, wor- the worst thing that could happen is if we teach our children or even like our loved ones, it could be our neighbors, it could be those we're trying to disciple, Your whoever, insert whoever, we're trying to teach this world that God is the most important thing and he's trustworthy and he's good. But if they're watching our lives, it's like, can they see that in our lives? Can they see us willing to bet it all like on him? Can they see us willing to say like, you're first, you're everything. I want you more than I want my own wants. Does that make sense? And so if you can go ahead and close your eyes, we're going to pray. We're going to close in prayer real quick. And I'm going to ask, first and foremost, if you have never had or don't have a relationship with the Lord, And you're wanting to go in this year, not having to do it on your own, not having to rely on your own knowledge and your own wisdom and your own abilities, which man, I don't, I'm a hot mess. Like I don't trust myself to like, to get me through anything. But if you're saying like, I want to have a relationship with the King of the universe, the one who created me, the one who um, called me by name, the one that has a plan and purpose for my life. And I want to repent and I want to leave behind anything that's not of him and I want to chase him above all else. I know what it is to have a relationship with him. I'm not going to make you do anything crazy, but will you slip up your hand really quickly so we can pray for you? The next thing I want to pray for is if you're sitting here and maybe you're like me and you're recognizing there are areas in your life where you have not been giving the Lord your first fruits. You've been serving him leftovers and you don't want to do that anymore. Will you... Flip up your hands so we can pray. And my hand's there with you, too. There are areas in my life that I see that. I see hands all over the place. We're going to go ahead and pray. I also, while we're praying, I really want you to um, take some time today. We're going to end in, um, in a worship song, I think, actually. We're going to spend some time praying and asking the Lord what it looks like in your life, in my life, to give him our first fruits this year. And ask the Lord, going into this 21-day fast, what he desires, what he wants us to fast, what he wants us to focus on, what that looks like. And really just to come to the Lord asking him this, I mean, it's for our whole life, but let's do baby steps. 2021, like what, or 2022, what does it look like in this year to give you our first fruits what can I do what does that make what change do I need to make today what are some things I can adjust what can you know what can I do Lord and so I'm going to ask you guys to stand I'm going to pray we're going to have some people up here if you are wanting to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want more info about that we're going to have a couple people up here to pray with you if you just want prayer over anything during this time of worship we'll have people up here to pray God I thank you so much Lord for who you are, I thank you that you're a good, good father. I thank you that you are trustworthy. I thank you that you are mighty, Lord. I thank you that there's nothing and no one that compares to you, God, and that when our life is in your hands, we don't have to worry, we don't have to panic, we don't have to strive, Lord. I pray that you would stir up a hunger in our hearts, Lord God, for more of you, that you would, you would, um, make us people of prayer. You would make us people that desire intimacy with you above all else. Lord God, I pray that you would forgive us for chasing other lovers in your place. I pray that you would forgive us for offering you our leftovers. Lord God, and I pray that in this moment, you would allow there to be a shift in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, and in our lives. Lord God, Where we we're no longer content giving you second place or third place. Lord God, I pray that you would make us people that chase after you above all else. Lord, In your precious name we pray, amen.